Do you see, Peter? This is what happens when you don't record with the blue snowball microphone. You're listening to Shit Gamers Say, only on the Ohio State Podcast Network. Testing, 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 one, two, three, internet radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Shit Gamers Say. I'm your host, Peter Samin. With me today is Joe Boda. Oh, I'm so angry. Hello. <laughs> Jesus. Is that, is that the first thing you think of when I... <laughs> God damn you, yeah. you, you sprung this on me. Exactly. You sprung this. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to see how you would react, and I'm not disappointed by this. I don't know oh how I God. feel. I feel like taking my ball and going home now. Uh, but Is Joe, this what love... you see? No, Joe. No. I love you. I love you, too. <laughs> this is a podcast of love, not anger. Or maybe angry love. Is that a thing? I think so. Probably. Isn't there like a movie about that? I, um, Friday the 13th? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Welcome to... Everyone, welcome to the show. I... I tried to spice things up, and I got exactly what I bargained for. (laughs) It was extra spicy. Extra spicy. Spicy move. Yep. So, this week has been a slow one for everything. It really has. It's just been a slow week. It's been, yeah. It's been a shitty week. It's been a a shitty week through and through. Um, No good feelings. So, but I won't dampen down the podcast's. No. With what's with what's going on in our the podcast must be unshackled. Completely unpersonal, just robotic. Robotic. There are no emotions. We cannot be bogged down by our feelings. We must run our process each week without any sort of outside interference. Increase the cycle count. We are risk architecture. <laughs> yep. No. Uh. Yeah. No. It was just a slow week. It seems like. You're heading for break into this week, right? Yeah, I, I have this. I've uh, blah, 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 blah. I've class this week. I have an exam. I have a project due, and then I have a week off. So, are you round? Excuse me. Are you rounding out winter quarter, or is this? This is like no. I, I finished winter quarter a, a few weeks ago. This is like uh, this is basically supposed to be spring break. Mm-hmm. But like. My other break was around spring break. This is, it's like we have two spring breaks. One is before everyone else and one's after everyone else, so it doesn't really line up. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't quite get the alignment of spring break. Well, you know, I, I guess mid-March is a reasonable yeah. time. It's, it wasn't warm this year. It wasn't warm at all. It was freezing, and it's freezing yeah. right now. Like, just last yeah. week, it was like 60s, and now I walk outside, and it's 21 degrees, and I hate I hate this. <laughs> It's supposed to warm up this week. Yay to the whopping low 60s. <laughs> Welcome to the Weathercast. Welcome to the Weathercast. I'm your host, Joe Boda. With me today is meteorologist Peter Samin. I wore a green shirt today. This will be great. You're a floating disembodied head, Peter. <laughs> stop, stop fucking around with the Follow equipment. Follow my head and I will go t- through each, each city and what weather will be there today. Uh yeah, we just need to have like some bit 
Wait, we just need to start doing skits now. That's, <laughs> that, that's what this turned into. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I had my... Well, I'm on the improv club at Rose, and we had our, uh, our improv show on Friday, which was actually three shows. And I'm going to upload those to YouTube, but since I have a bandwidth limit here at Rose, I can't upload them all at once because each of the videos is six gigabytes long. I was about to say, gigabytes. is this raw, like, completely it's uncompressed? <laughs> no, this is, this is compressed. It's just it's in 1080p, and each of them is an hour long. Oh, boy. So I'm, I'm going to upload one of them, like, each day, so that way I don't kill my bandwidth. I only expect the best, highest quality video exactly i could not comp- i did not want to compress it down to 480p i didn't need all those p's all of that p p everywhere <laughs> all over my face um so <laughs> so outside of that what how about this we wanted to talk about this last week yeah and we never got around to it because we, we needed well you know it was probably for the best because we needed some time to think we did, we did, although I kind of forgot about it, but I think I think I got my list. You think you got your list? I think I got it. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I had some stuff. Um, it's kind of a mini discussion of what we think are some of the best video game soundtracks, why, and I would all s- that good stuff. I'm not even going to say the best because there, it's so subjective. I would just say what our favorites yeah, are. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I the best in our... Humble opinions in our brains. In our brains, yeah. I yeah. I wasn't sure how to approach this category, so this is always an issue when you talk about video game soundtracks. Is yep. Where do you draw the line between licensed soundtrack and, and original? Exactly, and that's why I'm gonna say let's go ahead and say our original first, our originals, like our list of original favorites, and then go licensed after that. Because also there's another uh, there's another thing that I'm gonna bring up later but there are some games that are compilations and then it has music from other games and that's getting into weird territory yeah yeah i mean i yeah i think the place of or if you're talking about original game soundtracks i think the place of origin is where you would want to stick it yeah um so like for instance you know the rhythm has songs from multiple final fantasy games but i don't think you could ever say oh my favorite soundtrack is the rhythm because fuck you (laughs) that's why but um yeah i guess i'll start off i i kind of have like two categories for this personally for original soundtrack um Mm -hmm. so my some of my two favorite games of all time final fantasy 9 and final fantasy 8 uh this was back during what i would argue to be nobuo yoimatsu's prime because he is a very gifted composer and it wasn't until these two games and a little bit of Seven, where he was able to work with actual, um, you know, tools, musical tools that yeah. allows him to make like a more uh, complex score, you know, because before he was working with 16-bit, 8-bit, oh, yeah. and he was very limited. So this is where he was able to kind of delve into several different kind of genres of music. Um, Nine had a very varied soundtrack of, you kind of like touched a bit on... Uh, symphonic as well as getting into stuff like even salsa or was it salsa it was just latin music oh, really? okay. oh yeah no he he's surprisingly varied and he also touched a bit there was some light rock uh guitar riffs and stuff like that and 
I guess in addition to just how varied his music and his composing style is, his his music also lends itself to being remixed in many different ways. Um, one of the things, the characteristics of a Final Fantasy soundtrack is they kind of function as motifs. The same tune or melody reappears yeah. throughout the game in various forms, and it's interesting kind of what he does to it in that, you know, by just changing the core instruments or just the BPM, the beats per minute, you can create a completely different piece. You can go from something melodic and mellow to something completely upbeat and borderline scary. So and I, Yeah, and actually I find that a lot of my favorite music does that, where it's like repeated themes over and over again, like different takes, like... Yeah, no, I, I think it does require some skill to create music that versatile and mm. also a certain level of creativity such that you can apply it in all those different ways. So, I mean, and that's a very, like, engineering approach to, like, just breaking yeah. this shit down. It's like, oh, yeah, I like it because it's, you know, it has a nice, uh, you can break it down and you can <laughs> observe all the little bits. But, I mean, it, also, I think it's just, it's good. I guess that's why I also like it because... I have like five different remixes of most of his so of the songs from these games, eight and nine, yeah. on my computer, and I can just kind of like set it to a playlist and be like, "Yeah, I want the mellow versions of these songs today," and then I can just do homework while listening. And some of them even lend themselves to being like workout music, like high energy that you can, you know, set it to like a dance or trance, um, just style. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, those are my favorite. Uh, you know, they just my personal favorite. They also feed a lot of nostalgia. That was something I had to kind of remove from this. Well, I, I tried to at least is like, well, do I like the soundtrack because of nostalgia, or do I personally like the music in it? You know, if I were I to like listen I'll... to this today, would I enjoy it? Yeah, I feel like nostalgia plays into it a lot, though. Oh, totally. Um, because some people still insist that Seven has a good soundtrack. And that's a lie. That game sounds like fucking farts. <laughs> but CD quality audio, Joe. Uh, it's not even... It's just so heavily synthed. It's not even good yeah. sounding. It's not pleasant to the ears. But uh, I guess uh, I'll just round it off with Sonic Adventure 2, which is kind of a dark horse. That's, I was going to say, that's a, that is not the one I thought you were going to pick. Really? I thought you would be like Sonic the Hedgehog 2 or something like that, like bringing in the drums, like the, the, the Genesis drum. So, okay, so, yeah, I don't know, like, how familiar you are with Sonic Adventure 2. Not at all. So... I've never played it in my life. I, at some point in time, I, I'm going to ask you to look up, uh, is, I think it's a City Escape. Okay, I know that, that song. Yeah, yeah. Is that the one where it's like... Yeah. <laughs> that is, yes, perfect recreation of that song. <laughs> no, yeah, I think it's just... It's it's kind of just... It's silly. It's a little bit more, though, like... Totally, yeah. It just... No. <laughs> go on. I was going to say, that song is... Uh, I, I watched a playthrough of Sonic 06, and that song is in Sonic 06 mm -hmm. as well. <laughs> yeah, it's so good that they had to reuse it to save that clusterfuck of a game. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I mean, I like classic Sonic's uh, music. Sonic 2, yeah, certainly. But I guess I guess I just can't find myself listening to it and enjoying it. Um, I, well, okay, I can enjoy it, 
but yeah. I, I enjoy it best when I'm playing the game. Totally, Stand, exactly. Standalone is difficult, um, unless they remix it, which there are some pretty fucking good remixes. Uh, Sonic Adventure 2, though, lends itself as, if you were to re- release it standalone, like separate from the game, mm-hmm. I think it could be popular with a lot of people. Um, they try to have some like pseudo-hip-hop rap in there, but, you know, it's a fucking oh, E-rated yeah. game, so it's like the most softball Will Smith <laughs> rap that you could possibly get, you know? Oh, I like some Will Smith rap. I mean, it, it it's not it's not quite as... It's not wholesome, but yeah. it's just one of those things where it's like, you're clearly like... It's clearly made for kids. I don't know. I, I, can, I can get behind it. Uh, totally. I, I, I can see the appeal. Yeah, there's a very strange appeal, um, but yeah, those are my original soundtracks. What do you got? Oh, geez. Okay, so this usually fa- this kind of falls into two different camps, and you kind of mentioned it, but soundtracks that either I literally still listen to this day and can listen to, or soundtracks that I feel just make the game, as in like I don't listen to it on its own, but when I play the game, I'm just like, yeah. Like, this is this game's music, and it makes the game awesome. So I'm just going to go with... Uh, first, I'm going to just go with the one that I think makes the game. Uh, Metroid Prime. Like that... Oh, fuck yeah. From the title screen. Just from you... When booting it up, you're just like, oh my god. This music. <laughs> the title screen music is some of the best, I think, yeah. that Nintendo has, honestly. Exactly. Like, it's it's amazing. It's so good. It, it completely sets the tone of the game. I guess, like, my, the one thing is I'm trying to remember some other music outside of the title theme. It's very subtle. Yeah, so it's like, I, I can remember a lot of, like, the level music. I don't instantly remember when I hear it. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is Fendrana Drifts. But, like, it's more like the themes were, like, and and they're old Metroid themes, but they kind of put a new spin on them. Like, you know, when you get an item, it's like, na, 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 like that sort of thing. Eat your heart out, Zelda. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, now onto the stuff like I literally still listen to these soundtracks today. Um, God of War Two, mm-hmm. like amazing. Like the first God of War had a really good soundtrack, but this one took it to another level. Um, just when you hear this music, you just get you just want to beat the shit out of like giant monsters <laughs> and gods, like. And it's so orchestral, and like there's just wailing on that violin. Like, like I can just imagine because you know I've been in an orchestra before. Um, when they're playing this music, their bow strings must be breaking like every other minute. Just they're <laughs> they're putting so much energy into it. Mm-hmm. So it makes me yeah. wonder. It's it shows uh, incredible restraint on Santa Monica for never actually just kind of like just sliding in a rock. Song in exactly, there. and they've never they've never done that. The only time that they ever put guitar to a God of War song was when it was in um, Guitar Hero, because they had the main tune from God of War Two in Guitar Hero Three. Mm-hmm. But that was just like a bonus song. This, yeah, they've they've shown a lot of restraint. And actually, I mean, this is getting into like later. God of War games, the later God of War games do not have good as music as God of War 2, which is disappointing, but God of War 2 just had that it had that oomph, like as, as soon as the music plays, you're just like, okay, I'm pumped 
Like, I'm so pumped right now. I will never be more pumped to an orchestral score than I am Ex- right now. Exactly. Oh, and the choir. The choir, like, really makes that soundtrack. They have a lot of, uh, they have a lot of, it's a very deep choir, I recall. Like, I remember yeah. a lot of, like, men, or sounds like a lot of men. Yeah. From what I, I can remember, so. I, I haven't listened, I've played, you know, three and one. I've actually not touched two. Oh my god. Which I know that's You're I, missing the best one. <laughs> I know, no, actually no, I know. That's what I've I mean heard. I love I love three and I love one, but two is just a little bit better. Mm-hmm. It's cert, cert at the time, certainly. Mm-hmm. So now we're getting into ones that are more nostalgia. Like I love God like God of War Two, like definitely has some nostalgia for me, but not as much as these these games I'm about to list. Crash Bandicoot Two. I knew it. Fucking amazing. F- like, I can hum out like every song in that game like right now if you want me to. Like, just oh my god. I know. I I'm not sure if this is like Crash Bandicoot's theme. I can recall the title music from the Warp. From Warp. Yeah. So that's the thing is, um, that was literally just the theme in Crash Bandicoot Warped. But after Crash got sold. Every company after that was like, huh, let's just keep this as the, the, the title music. So now that's the song that most people associate with Crash Bandicoot, when really it was only the theme for one game. Huh. And it's, and it's not even my favorite theme. Really? <laughs> no, my, like, I, my favorite stuff is from Crash 2. Uh, Crash 3 has a lot of good stuff as well, but I felt like... Um, so in Crash 3, they did a lot with, well, time. Like, it was a lot of time travel. So they did more, like... Like pieces where it's like, oh, this is the one from this time period, and this is the one from that time period. So I felt like it kind of like got away from what Crash music was because it was more like time piece, like time, like era era specific music. Mm-hmm. So Crash Bandicoot Two is more like this is Crash Bandicoot music. Like this is tropical. Also, there's some like weird el- electronic because you get to Cortex's lab and there's all these robots and shit. Like it's a it's an interesting combination of like tropical music with like bongos mixed with electronic music where it's just like a bunch of synth and weird drums and stuff does that use any reoccurring uh melodies at all um actually yeah but that's more so because um basically each set of levels usually has one style of a level that repeats Mm -hmm. and then they kind of like say okay well we had this music in the previous level we'll just kind of take it and tweak it all right yeah, because that seems like it'd be a, the kind of game that would be fun to compose to. And if I were a composer, I'd be like, hmm, totally. let me see if I how much of the same melody I can fit into each and one of these drastically different settings. Yes. And, like, this is one thing. I, I don't know. I've never really been able to find um, music that has re- been able to replace or replicate this sound. But the bass, the bass in these these songs, I don't know what kind of bass it is. Obviously, it's, it's not, like, it's not live music it's not a real instrument so it must be some sort of electronic something that was on the ps1 chip but um you know uh red letter media no i've never heard of red Met letter media <laughs> okay well Who they is do this... red letter media <laughs> no they do this show called the best of the worst you know the music that plays before that show oh my god it sounds just like Crash Bandicoot 2 music, and I don't know where they got this song. I don't know if they wrote it. I'm just like, okay, you need to tell me what what this bass, what this bass sound you're using is, because it sounds just like it's from Crash Bandicoot 2. I need to know. <laughs> you need to ask. Oh, they'd never listen to me. 
well, maybe if I lead my comment with "You hack frauds," you need to fucking tell me. <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll earn you friends on the internet. <laughs> exactly. Um, now moving ten years later, Crash Twin Sanity. So I showed you I showed you Crash Twin Sanity one time, but honestly, it wasn't a very good showing because I sucked at the game so bad because I hadn't played it in so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably should have started at the beginning of the game, but instead I was like, let's go with my save file that's on like the last level, and then I die every time. Um, no, Crash Twin Sanity. So uh, the cool thing about this soundtrack was that they were kind of trying to do like a miniature reboot of Crash at the time, and it, it didn't do very well, which is disappointing, mainly because... Uh, Sierra or Vivendi, the guys that ha- owned Crash at the time, were like, "You got to make this in nine months." So the game sucked. But um, they got this ska ska band called Spiral Mouth to do all the music. So it's like this ridiculous like ska like vocal craziness. Um, like a lot of the music is basically just like three dudes like making sounds into a microphone. Like, it's just so... It's such an odd soundtrack, but it's so... I, I still listen to it. Like, it's so crazy. Like, I can't even really describe it. It's it's ridiculous. Like, you just need to listen to it. Everyone like, go up, go out and listen to this song. And the, and the thing is, Joe, anyone can listen to it. They released the soundtrack for free online. Back when the game came That's out. That's actually pretty rad. It, it was awesome. Like, as a kid, I, I was like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever. I got my got my CDR, I put it in the disk drive, burned it. Like, you know, those days where you had to burn a CD. <laughs> so, yeah, I still have that CD. I don't know why. That was, that, I mean, I, I can't get over actually how revolutionary that kind of is because it's always such a pain in the ass to find video game soundtracks. Like, Oh, yeah. Especially for me, like, you know, both with Sonic Adventure 2 and the Final Fantasy games, I think you had to import that shit from the Japan. So it was yes. just like another barrier to entry because this was before the days of Amazon where you had to go to some real sketch sites to get shit. Um, so that's actually really cool that that was ever an option. Yeah, 11-year-old me loved it. <laughs> um, now we're getting into stuff... Okay. Now we're getting into games that I actually haven't played, but I've heard the soundtracks and I fucking love them. And the soundtracks are making me want to play the games, but I don't think I will. Hmm. So, Halo. Halo. Okay, yeah, that was actually I'm, one that I was going to point out when, yeah. with the restraint of God of War not putting in rock. Because Halo, the first one, was very orchestral. Oh, dude. And then I this... keep going back to that Halo 3 trailer. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Like that's that tune is just so I don't know it just I don't I've never I've literally have played Halo a few times and for some reason it brings me it gives me nostalgia even though I haven't really played Halo. <laughs> yeah, no, like I I totally feel you because I have several versions of many Halo songs and yeah they're all like they ha- the they're very evocative of that kind of mm-hmm. sense of I was here. But I've never oh, yeah. been here. But Halo 2 had did try to like warp the theme a bit into a more rock and roll kind yeah. of feeling, which you know I, I still think is cool. It blew the fans away at the time. But yeah, it, I've almost been tempted to play the games just because of the soundtrack alone. Definitely. And now, 
Mega Man 2, that, that, that title theme is ridiculously good. But, I suck at Mega Man, and I can't really play it. So, this is where it gets into the, the, this gets into the, uh, where I mentioned about compilation type stuff. Mm-hmm. Mega Man 2, all the music from Mega Man 2 is in the new Smash Bros. game, as well as every other major Nintendo song ever. So, Smash Bros. is like the ultimate Nintendo soundtrack, but that's kind of cheating because it literally has every other game soundtrack inside of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that that would be where I would we should draw the line on that. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good compilation, though. When you get the totally. best of the best, put it all in one spot. And, that, and that's all my originals. My list was a little bit longer than yours. Oh yeah, no, but you were thorough. Actually, actually I have a I have a question. Yes. Where does Metal Gear stand for you? Oh shit. Um. So the thing about Metal Gear is the main theme is fucking awesome. Yeah. Um. The problem I found is I've always been kind. <laughs> there are some songs that are really good. It, <sighs> shit. It's. I think it's up there. Top three for best theme, main theme. Mm-hmm. But as far as soundtracks are concerned, they're so subtle and yeah. so like kind of just mute that I can't really, I couldn't pick one out in a room. Uh, there are a few notable tracks like uh, Metal Gear Solid Two has a uh, when you're on the the uh, oil platform. So the part where you're playing as Raiden. That has a very specific uh, song to it, but honestly, it's the song itself is just eh. But a lot mm-hmm. of the remixes are really fucking great of it, so it's like, hmm. It, it the theme is certainly up there. If you were to tell me like list top five top themes. themes, it would be like definite. It'd be three, yeah. two, or maybe possibly one. But. Yeah, that's a good question. There are a few games that I think do have interesting original soundtracks that I didn't list. Deadly Premonition is one, just because it's so weird. Um, oh, well, I, I mean, I, I just played this, so I, I'm, I might still be in the phase of like, oh, this is amazing, but the D4 theme. Oh, yeah? The one where it just seems like a 90s like uh, cop show. I Oh, yeah, I remember, I remember listening or to a little bit cop of it. Show. Like, it's really like cheesy. Yeah, a- action <laughs> games or Swery's uh, projects all have had some really unique, interesting music that have really tonally captured um, the setting. Because, yeah, like that in that case, it's like an 80s cop show. And then Deadly Premonition is a rip off of Twin Peaks, where if you listen to Twin Peaks and then listen to Swery's music for Deadly Premonition, <laughs> very similar and both equally weird. Like, just yeah. <laughs> like eerie weird, but not like scary weird, just eerie yeah but um yeah but those are all like the big ones for me anyway so what's your licensed picks uh okay so this one that will always remain with me um i guess this is like probably the winner out of all of them is tony hawk underground which is interesting because a lot of people really fucking love uh tony hawk pro skater 2's soundtrack and this is when I chime in because let's just lump all this together because I have listed four different Tony Hawk games. Well, God damn it, Peter. <laughs> uh, that's, how can any of those be your favorite when there are so many? Because I literally listen to these soundtracks still to today. Like, I have a playlist on my iPod that is Tony Hawk's 1, 2, and 3. 
I get, yeah, I, I had to think about this because I've played one and two extensively and mm. underground, but honestly, I think the one that I just liked the best was probably Underground's. It, it's the most evocative. That's interesting because I can't remember what was on the soundtrack. Did you, Could you remind me? Um, There was Armageddon by Alkaline Trio. Okay. Uh, that was an obscure one. There was a, there was, shit, what was it? I, I remember the tune. I don't know the exact name. I want to hold your hand when you die. It is, it's played to a classic. Um, oh, I forget the composer. But mm. it's one of those things where I just like, I honestly, I, I don't remember all the songs specifically, but then I go back and play it and I'm like, oh my God, I fucking forgot about this song. This song is totally. so great. And it's consistent. Yes. Every time I go back, I have that, oh, fuck, I remember this now. <laughs> and, you know, one and two certainly have that, but they're a little bit more, the songs are a little bit more notable, I guess. I've Yeah. One, two, and three for me, like, like amazing, like top tier um, licensed soundtracks, especially for the time. Like, that blew my mind back then, because, I mean, you had an N64, so you didn't get the full brunt of it, but... On PS1, like, it was a full audio CD of music on this game. Like, that was crazy. That was fucking crazy back then. Yeah, I I guess the best way I can put it is I give kudos to Underground because it felt like there was just more um, sort of diamonds in the rough for me. Like, yeah. everyone's heard of Guerrilla Radio. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. There's Wallace with... Um, well, was, oh, I know another reason why I like Thug. Um, fucking Kiss was all over that game. Oh, really? There was a shit ton of Kiss songs. See, I can't remember. Kiss I'm was having a, trouble. You could play as Gene Simmons. He was an unlockable character. Yeah, I guess I didn't play Thug very much. I don't know why. I played a lot more Thug 2. Mm-hmm. In Thug 2, you could play as Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, I said four games listed here um, for Tony Hawk. My fourth pick for Tony Hawk is uh, Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you played this, Joe. Um, so basically, they were trying... This is this a kind of attempt to kind of freshen up the Tony Hawk franchise after two Thug games. Um, basically, the idea was that the entire aesthetic was different and it was more kind of like a punk aesthetic, which I guess it was already kind of punk, but it was like, this is more like, it was more 80s punk. So mm -hmm. they took a bunch of 80s punk songs and at, took bands that were, you know, popular at the time. Obviously, a lot of these bands aren't popular anymore. The bands that were popular at the time did um, covers of these 80s punk, punk songs. So the entire soundtrack was like is licensed but it's also original in that they're all covers but they mm -hmm. were like really good covers of these songs like it was a really awesome soundtrack hmm yeah I've not I've heard of American Wasteland but I've just I've never I don't think I've ever I'm trying to remember it was, the, it was the one that was released after Thug 2 um mm -hmm. it was not a very popular game which is too bad because I actually thought it was like it was a pretty cool game. They added, like, really cool mechanics. Um, I don't think it holds up very well, but the music does. <laughs> yeah, the big problem for me... With Tony Hawk, like, 1 and 2 were my babies. I played 1 on the N64. I played 2 on the PC. So yeah. I did have full exposure to that and enjoyed that. Never got around to 3 or 4. Um, 
and then Thug came out eventually, and mm. I lo- I we kind of I kind of just picked up Thug out of like oh it's cheap I'll try it, and I really yeah. fucking loved it. And then Thug Two came out, and Thug Two was good too, but it wasn't as good. Clearly, yeah. By the time by the time Thug Two came out, they were getting to this like really weird like it was in the like prime of like Jackass, so they were like doing this Jackass. Uh, um, comedy where like literally it would just be like oh we're gonna fucking jump out a window and do bullshit that like really doesn't hold up anymore it just seems really stupid mm-hmm. it was there was a time and a place and that's the thing is like with thug one i kind of built a little bit more momentum it like mm-hmm. i was put off by thug originally because it's like oh it's not numbered it sounds like a spinoff yeah spinoffs are not usually good and so it kind of like rede- it was a little bit redeeming because i enjoyed it a lot but then Thug 2 came out, wasn't as good, and I'm like, okay, all the wind is out of my sails now. And then American <laughs> Wasteland came out, and it's like, this is just Thug 3 taking off of no, Thug. No, okay. I, it's, American Wasteland was a lot different from Thug. No, no. I mean, as, as my impressionable childlike yeah. mind was concerned, it's like, oh, this is, again, it seems like another spinoff. But yeah. it's the the, th- the thing that was amazing about American Wasteland, at least it amazed me at the time, being a, a kid with a PS2. So Thug and Thug Two still kind of held to the uh, old games that they're like it was open world, but like there was distinct levels. Mm-hmm. American Wasteland was one giant open world. There were not any levels. Like it was just one big world, and that was crazy to me. Like there was no load times. It was it was it was ridiculous. I can't help but feel like at that point in time, I was just past the point of, you know, the whole open world thing. But I don't know. Regardless, uh, Tony Hawk has good soundtracks. Yeah, they're all, like, they're all good. Even the later games had pretty good ones, though they're not as memorable to me, because honestly, the later games got really bad. Mm Mm-hmm. It kind of just got overshadowed by the games being mediocre. Yeah. Uh Like, I, I think the last good Tony Hawk game was American Wasteland. And that's not even like the best one. Like that's that's the last one that I could say I could actually say, yeah, that was a pretty good game. But after that, I was like, oh god, they're they're really bad now. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So outside of that or those, my other license um, soundtrack, you could almost apply this to the entirety of the series. But this yeah. is the one that's most fresh in my mind is GTA Five. Um, I think GTA, you know, a lot of games actually with good soundtracks, one common theme I've seen with all of them is they have a few big hits on their lineup, ones that Mm -hmm. are very notable, and then they have a metric shit ton of songs that, like, you've probably never heard of from people you've never heard of. And GTA V has that itch where it's like it's got 80s, uh, 80s music and shit like that, some more nostalgia stuff, but then they have more contemporary pieces. Um, it was really weird when I was just driving around and I think a song by Rihanna came on that I know I've li- like came out probably sometime late in our high school days. And mm-hmm. it was just really weird. It's like, oh, we're at that point now where wow. like they can put these in, like this is in a game now. I don't know. It's, it's just weird because growing mm-hmm. up, whenever I played a GTA game, I've always been late to the party. So the yeah. music playing on there isn't necessarily relevant anymore. And then mm-hmm. playing that one, it's like, oh, this song is actually still on the radio today. But um, other than that, no, I, though... Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, Grand Theft Auto, especially Vice City, like, fucking... 
greatest sound, like greatest uh, licensed soundtracks of all time. Got that like, Michael Jackson in there for you. Oh yeah, totally. But yeah, and then it did just in addition to all that like contemporary stuff. They also have like they have a uh, sort of trance international station. They have an alternative country station in GTA Five, which by that I mean it's like country you've never heard. It's not pop hmm. country. It's like we got the twang here, oh, and we're God. kind of <laughs> and we're kind of grungy. You know, it, it it's not like hick style. It's yeah. very much it's a breed of its own and that you've probably never heard of because no one's playing it on the radio uh not to be super hipster about it but <laughs> so like i i they do a good job covering a lot of bases with their music there's a lot of variety and you can almost just like stop on any one radio station and just listen and enjoy it totally like i those soundtracks i swear like there must be a large percentage of the disc that is just music I mean, there's a large percentage of the credits that is just music. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so there's like, yeah, there's so much audio in that game. So, yeah, and 4 had some good stuff. Uh, I can't remember too much off the top of my head. I think 5 had a stronger soundtrack. I'm sure many yeah. people would fight me to say that San Andreas is the best one. Well, okay, maybe Vice City might be topping it out. Um, Most people that I know of say Vice City. Yeah, I can agree with that. The problem is Vice City has not aged well at all. Oh my god. No, the game is not very good at this point. But Even 4 has already shown signs of age, so... Well, I didn't even like 4 when it came out, so... <laughs> I, I, I still like 4, but it's clear that, like, after playing 5, mm -hmm. they've done the remastered for PS3, Xbox One, and eventually PC all have such intricate detail. And going oh, to yeah. 4, there's so many flat, empty spaces now. You know, if you ever go back and look at, like, Vice City screenshots, you'll see how empty mm -hmm. that game is. That's what 4 is becoming to me now. Uh, you know? Nico's blank, empty face. <laughs> <laughs> so. So now, I guess it's my turn. Go for it. So, NFL Street 2. Did you ever play NFL Street 2? I, or two, one or two. I played the one with Chad Ochocinco on it. Chad Johnson. NFL. That's NFL Street Three. Yeah. I never. I never played that one. That's the one where they started adding like superpowers into the game. Hmm. Like in one and two, it was. It, I mean, it was still, like crazy. But by three, they were like, okay, you're basically just gonna be superhuman and have like a meter where you like. Well, you already had a meter, but now you have a meter where like literally you can blow shit up, like. <laughs> like I remember being really getting kind of crazy by then. I never played that one. I played the first two, but NFL Street Two, like it, uh, you know, Exhibit uh, from Pit My Ride. Oh yeah. So he, so he was the he he starred in NFL Street Two as like the main character, and it had a bunch of Exhibit music and like a ton of rap and like rock and stuff from the time. Like, and the thing is, I don't listen to that type of music, but for some reason, when it's in this game. Like, it totally got me, and I still listen to some of the music randomly, like Mean Muggin' and stuff like that. <laughs> like, it's not my kind of music, but for some reason, this game made me get into it for, like, a shorter period of, short period of time. Mm -hmm. It's still in, like, I still, like, have it shuffled in with my music every once in a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, same. A lot of EA sports games, again, note, oh, yeah. note they're notable soundtracks, and because they have a good variety of popular shit and more obscure shit. 
totally. Um, I remember Madden, I want to say 2010, had a uh, song, uh, I can't remember the name of the song, but it was by a band called The Vanity Plan. Go and try to look them up. Just try. <laughs> Just try. Like You'll never, you'll never find they them. They are literally a one-hit wonder because of EA. Like, <laughs> that was the one time their song was ever relevant, and that is the last time they were ever relevant. And <laughs> they've not done anything since. And it's because... But the song was good. And yeah, 20... Yeah, their Wikipedia page just says, This song appeared in Man in NFL 10. That is their like only the, claim to fame. That's it. That's the only thing on their Wikipedia page. If you go to, like, Plex Media servers and, like, yeah. have a song by them... It curates, like, it gathers their information, and it just says, hey, we're the Vanity Plan. If you've never heard of us, well, just give it a while. We'll get famous soon. And it's the saddest fucking thing ever, because oh it's like, God. you'll never, it's over. The dream is dead. My God. But that's how a lot of Madden was. Like, they also had some, like, uh, they, they had, a uh, shit. Well, they, they had Iron Maiden and stuff like that, which I'm not oh, too yeah. huge into Iron Maiden, but... Their songs were good enough, and they fit the uh, mm -hmm. the feeling of the game that I enjoyed it. Uh, same with uh, shit. I've already forgotten his name. See, I suck, but it's whoever sang created a monster. Not necessarily my kind of song, but it fit the mood, and now I have that on my iPod. So a lot of sports games are good at that. So this brings us to my last one, mm -hmm. and there's a few... Um, <clears throat> There's a few th few limits that I'm placing on this one. So, Rock Band 2. I knew it. But I'm limiting to limiting it to just the on-disc songs because once you get into the DLC, that's just that's just cheating. Like you that's 3000 songs, you know. Yeah. J j just the on-disc songs. Rock Band 2 for me is the best Rock Band setlist they've ever done. Like it has Journey. It's got it has okay, it Rock Band 2 came out the year that they released Chinese Democracy. If you don't know what that is, it's the Guns N' Roses, well, the Guns N' Roses in quotation mark CD that was in production for 15 years and then it finally came out because uh, finally Axel finished it because for 15 years he didn't release any music for some reason. I don't, I don't understand why it took him so long, but that for, for the most part that CD was terrible. But at the time it was such a big deal, like it finally fucking came out and the the songs were in Rock Band two, and it was like. But the, not only were they in Rock Band 2, but they were exclusive to Rock Band 2 for like a month. So the only way you could listen to the new Guns N' Roses CD was to play Rock Band 2. And I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but besides that, like, there's just so many good songs. Like, I could not list how many awesome songs are in this game. Like, you got a bunch of Judas Priest. You got pretty much any, like, major song, any major band you can think of, one of their songs is in the game, and it's the song that you want to be in the game. It's not like, oh, well, that's, like, my third tier pick. Like, no, this is the first tier pick. That's always a conflict with some rhythm games where they're like, oh, do you have any of this artist? Like, yeah, we got some of this artist. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's none of the songs that you actually like. It's none of their claim to fame exactly. songs. And that's, and that's kind of what Rock Band 1 was. Like, Rock Band 1 was like, we got all these, but it's like you're you know, we couldn't really afford it, but by Rock Band 2, they're like, okay, this game sold a lot, so now we can get the big guns. I was about to say, it's always a matter of money. Yeah. So I guess then that rounds out our... Uh, that rounds it out. That was a solid discussion. Yes. We could, we could <laughs> almost, like, just move that off into its own podcast, but I don't feel like doing that. Oh, work. 
work. <laughs> oh, work is the, uh, we'll see. We'll see how long this goes on. And if I, if I'm feeling it, I'll feel it. But, um, so now that we've talked about games that we've played over and over and over and over again, such that the songs are now stuck in our head for all eternity. Yeah. What are some games that we're playing now? So I didn't play very much this week. I actually, uh, yesterday I, I hung out with some friends, but, and we were playing some games, but, uh, they're not games that I usually play. I don't know why I got somehow got roped into this whole like let's go hang out and play video games, and then I get there like yeah we're playing Call of Duty all night I'm like oh okay mm. <laughs> so I I tried to play some zombies I was fucking terrible at it and then I convinced them to, to play some Marvel versus Capcom we played a few rounds and they're just like yeah this is I, we don't like this I'm like okay so then we played Left 4 Dead instead <laughs> so that's <laughs> but uh, now let's get to the stuff that I actually played. <laughs> I finished uh I finished Sherlock Holmes Crimes and Punishments. And I really like that game. I bought the other I bought <laughs> I bought the other game. <laughs> the one from the year before. Alright. So for those of you that say, ah, oh, Sony's dumb for giving away these games for free, like they're not gonna make money up well, them giving away that game for free made me buy the other game in the series. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I dropped eight bucks on that. Eh, oh. It's no big deal. Yeah, that's a meal. I got, I got a, I got more. I have more mysteries to solve. Do you understand? <laughs> uh, no, the the ending that well, I mean the ending of the game is just like hey, you finished all the cases, but every case in that game is like really good. I, I mean, overall, you can tell that they made the game on a budget, but with what they had, it's a really good game. Like. Totally, if you're a Sherlock Holmes fan, you need to play this game because it's it's surprisingly good, like better than I could have thought a Sherlock Holmes game would be, considering that it's like, I mean, w- w- since when do you think like, oh yeah, this classic novel, they're gonna make this game out of it and it's gonna be good, like I <laughs> it's mean, so rare. The only few, well, yeah, classic I can't think of. Yeah, yeah. classic is out of my realm of. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I also I also tried to play uh the new Thief game cuz it was f- free on PS Plus. That game <laughs> that game I don't know if it was just cuz um me and my friend were kind of drunk, but that game had us on the floor laughing at how ridiculously dumb it was. Like the dialogue or what? Like I need the dialogue. Details. Oh no. The dialogue like you come into the game, well, first of all, I thought okay, when I came in, I thought it was a reboot. You know, I thought like, okay, so they're going to start us out because it just says Thief. Because, I mean, there were Thief games before, Thief 1, 2, and 3, but this just says Thief. So I'm like, okay, it's a reboot, right? They're going to introduce me to the characters. No. <laughs> they drop you in and they assume you know who these people are. Oh, no. <laughs> and they're just like, we got to, in every single dialogue thing is like, we got to steal this or we got to steal that or I'm a thief. All I know is stealing. Like, it's so ridiculous. And they don't tell you, like, what your motivation is. Like, why am I stealing these things? Like, who am I? Why am I doing this? All we got from this game was, I'm a thief. Because I steal things, and because I, and wh- the reason why I steal things is because I'm a thief. Like, <laughs> it's this circular logic of like I don't know what th- what is up with this guy or why this guy exists. It's in my nature to steal, but dude, but fight dude, your that nature. Is, that is literally a line from like the game. Are you fucking me? Like that could be that could be a line fuck. in the game. Like that, <sighs> like that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. Fuck video game stories. Like, oh my god, 
Like, uh, so, yeah, like they, okay, so that that's like the worst thing they could have possibly done is let's re, re, let's, fuck, what's the word for it? Let's start over on this re-imagine. franchise. Reimagine this, this already established franchise. Yeah. But now let's act like we're catering to the fucking existing fan base. Hey, that's exactly what it is because like, I looked into it. It take it it continues the old story, so it's not a reboot at all. Like they should have just called it Thief Four. That makes no sense to me. Like yeah, uh, it doesn't make sense. To and me the either. game. <laughs> so I guess outside of how like clearly horrible the the story and dialogue are, how is the actual yeah. game itself? Uh, it seemed all right. The problem I was having with it is that it has a lot of like instant fail states, so I kept like literally you walk into a guy and he's like oh god I found you failure screen like no chance to like fight him no chance to be like oh I need to take this guy out because he found me no just like as soon as he sees you it's over it it kind of sucks that's weird to me because I could have sworn that it was like thief 3 or 4 where like they introduced non like instant failure states or maybe I'm crazy maybe I don't know what I'm talking about Honestly, like, maybe that happens later, because this is only the first 30 minutes of the game. All I know is that, like, I kept literally failing instantly, and it got frustrating to where, like, I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, I don't need to see where this incredible story is going. (laughs) I'm not going to suffer through this gameplay just to see where this story is going. That's that's fascinating to me. I've been meaning to at least try it at some point, but there's so Mm. many better games on my roster that I don't totally I don't even care. I think the only reason why we popped it why we played it is cuz you know we were a few drinks deep and we were just like what's this thief game? We got to see what this what is this thing? Look at this. Look at this stupid <laughs> look at this rock. Look at this stupid rock. This rock doesn't know where he's at. He doesn't know what existing is. <laughs> what is sentience? Rock. <laughs> Piece of shit. Oh boy! Yeah, I, I had some. I had a friend of mine who was playing through that game, much yeah. to my like disgust. And he's like, "No, I think it's all right." And I'm like, "How about the fact that you have to pry open every window going in oh and out?" Oh my god! Like, yeah, I just like kept poking holes, and it's like, how can you possibly say this is all right? You turned down Deadly Premonition for this, and he's like, <laughs> "But I heard Deadly Premonition was a bad game," and I'm like, "Thief is a bad game." Yeah, that that's another that's another weird thing. They have like this lock picking mechanic that really doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Oh, oh. Is what how's the lock picking mechanic? Um, so I was playing it with a 6 axis that had no rumble. Oh no. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, "Oh no, I can't do this." So I had to go find my other controller. <laughs> Because it's just, it's just like you have to keep turning the stick until it vibrates. Wait, oh, like, okay, so it's not like the Fallout uh, Skyrim no, lockpicking? Fall, the Fallout one's a lot better. Okay. This one's just, this one's, there, there's no point to this one because at least with the Fallout one, you can fail and like break all your sticks or whatever. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's just like, well, you messed up, now try again. Like, there's no failure. That's weird. Like, there's like no point to it, really. <laughs> Yeah, you can just keep brute forcing it until you eventually yep, get it. And that's what I did. That's what I kept doing. <laughs> Damn it. I don't I that game just it's a real it's a real shame cuz yeah. the original thief 
has not aged well, and no one I know has any intention of ever playing it ever again. Mm-hmm. And this is their chance to bring it back in a more contemporary, easier to play, but not like dumbed down sort of way. And they completely dropped the ball. Totally. Rest in peace, thief. Also, the thief guy in the game, like, he's so pale, and I don't understand. Like, what is... Because the shadows is all I know. (laughs) I was born... (laughs) You are nailing it right now. You are nailing this story. Yeah, basically. (laughs) I don't know who my parents were, and I don't care. (laughs) All I know is a life in the shadows where I steal things to survive. Yes. You should write Thief the the next Thief game. I should. You, I would probably you, you'd fit right in. I, yeah, I would. I would just keep like <laughs> saying, "Okay, yeah, this is my latest work," and I would make it increasingly more ridiculous, and hope that they would notice. And then yeah. they'd just be like, every time, "No, this is good. This is good. You got, you got <laughs> this is great. This is a great this script. Great. Gold, gold A plus material, Joe." <laughs> and, and I'd be like, "You fuckheads! I'm just fucking <laughs> with you at this point." <laughs> Uh, oh, if boy. only, if only, if if only there wasn't so much competition against so much better writers in the game industry. Oh yeah, yeah that stiff competition. <laughs> Those credentials. What have you been playing, Joe? Fuck. Well, I've been playing the Russian version of City Skylines, which just so happens. Wait, really? Yeah, it's a uh, unlike a. Uh, the North American and European releases, uh, the Russian version is free to play. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, it's it's free. It's, Wait, do you like? Can you just do it, or do you have to like connect uh, to some you, server you have, in you Russia? You have to uh, get a um a um a, um, a, a torrent, and um oh. you down and you download the Russian version, and then you install it, and then you get to play City Skylines. Is it all in Russian? It, it's, it, no, it actually has English. Okay. It's, um, yeah, mm-hmm. they have an English option in addition, in addition to Russian. Um, that seems weird. Yeah, yeah, it's it's That's it's really it's, really it's really bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I didn't even have to go through a VPN or anything to get it. Yeah, um, just downloaded the Russian version <laughs> for for free, uh, sure. free, free to play. Um, I oh. haven't encountered any microchip. I've I've been playing City Skylines. Damn just, just, just. I want to try it out. Okay, I just. I know, I know. Yeah, I we know, all know. know. We all fucking know the joke. And if you don't know the joke, great. You're, you're on the same page. Um, yeah, I've been playing it just to kind of see what's up. Uh, I, you know, it's one of those games, uh, City Sims in general, where I feel like you can see all the features from someone else playing it, but until you really get into it and do your own stupid shit, it's hard to enjoy. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of, kind of own it, and make it your own. So I've been playing that. I've spent like maybe five hours, just kind of giving it like a test run. Um, I'm, and so far, like, I guess the best I can say about it is that it is a substantially better SimCity game. Uh, there's not much else to report that we didn't already know. Yeah. Um, I just made weed legal in my city, and oh. tourists come, and is everyone happier everyone now? is happier i okay so i guess i'm just gonna like this is probably my biggest the the biggest thing i've gotten out of playing this game is it is way too easy 
Oh, really? It's really fucking easy. It's almost become like, I don't know how much you, well, you, of course, you've probably heard about this, how Jeff Gerstmann has been playing it, and he used the free money cheat. Yeah. Um, and he feels like he's losing something by having it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you right now that I don't have any cheats on at all, and it the only way my experience is any different from his is I just have to wait for myself to get more money. And mm. so the thing about the original, at least the original SimCity games, at least 3004, is uh, you would always start off running a tremendous deficit, and you would build up a small city, and you would do everything in your power to minimize expenses until there eventually came a breaking point where you just started to make fists loads of cash. And I think that was always the fun part because there was always this kind of tense, like, butt-puckering moment where you'd be like, oh, is my city going to fail or is it going to make it? Are we going to make it, guys? And <laughs> I, there, it was enjoyable. It's what made it a game because it gave it yeah. a fail state, a very tangible fail state that could actually happen. And, and in this game, I ran a deficit for maybe, like, the first couple minutes of my city, and I immediately started to make money. And now it's just a matter of sitting back, waiting for my city to earn more money, and then I just build what I want. And I don't know. The game, there's a lot you can do with the game. There's a lot of freedom, a lot more than any other city management game I've ever played. So it's got that going for it. But with regards to just, like, the challenge, it just feels, it doesn't, I don't know what I'm working towards. Yeah. I guess that's my biggest there's issue. No, there's no, like, difficulty sliders or anything like that? Um, I I need to go back to it. There are... So, when you start up a city, I think you have two options. You can select where you want to be, and based off of where you are, we'll determine, like, starting natural resources, which you can then utilize for certain things. Um, And then another one, I believe, is you can determine how much money you start out with, I think. So, I think I chose, like, the medium... Or easy option? I think that's an option. I have to go back and check, but I mean, it doesn't matter much, because you can take out a loan and then you have money so that you can start making money. I don't know. It's not a bad game. I guess guess that's the thing, is I knew everything about it going into it, so I was ready to have a fun time, and this was just something that I didn't realize that now it's just like, well, that takes a lot of wind out of my sails. Um, I'll play around with it a little bit more, but I don't have a lot of motivation to build out a sprawling metropolis because it just turns into plate spinning at some point, you know, where you're just trying to balance all these resources and then it's like, well, the fail state isn't really going to happen if I don't keep all these plates up, but it just feels like a chore at some point, you know, it becomes very routine. So game's good though. If anyone would ever be like, if anyone would want to play a city sim game, this is the best one. Like, easily. Definitely. Yes. Without a doubt. That's what everyone is telling me. I, I do not disagree. It's a good game, fundamentally. Uh, that's It's just, in my experience, what I've enjoyed about the sim games, at least one part of it, was that potential for failure. And mm-hmm. I'm not quite getting that out of this. Also, I spent, like, several hours building a Sim City 4 city before starting this game. So I'm not ready to start from square one again. And yeah. that's that's more on me. So if someone has not played a game in like a couple of years, then it probably would be awesome. So 
did you hear about how uh, well you know how Maxis shut down? Um, yeah, well, that was on our uh, show a few weeks well, ago. Yeah, well, one of the guys, one of the like designers from Maxis, has made an entire like um, he's basically made his own storefront in uh, City Skylines where he designs things for you as a mod inside of the game. So basically, like, people that worked on SimCity are making a living working on mods for City Skyline now. Hmm, yeah, I remember seeing that. I that, Pretty crazy. That's, that's ridiculous. On it. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, it's a, it's a good game. Uh, I might go back to it a little bit more, but I can't see myself sticking around with it. I don't have much motivation to care. Yeah. Uh, again, not a knock against the game, but I think one thing they do do better than SimCity is they gate stuff. You actually have to like gain a population before you can unlock certain buildings, which I think makes it more gamey. So mm-hmm. that's certainly a positive about that game. Uh, and I guess I haven't been playing it, but a friend of mine got Bloodborne, and I oh, and really? I watched him play Bloodborne. Yeah. And that game actually looks really fucking cool, and I really want it now. Um, one of the big things I was afraid of going in is, uh, I guess the thing about the last two Dark Souls games is the first one, again, it's always the level design has been described as a web, and then two was described as a tree. Yeah. So there were dead ends in two, while as one, there was more like interconnectedness. And from what I watched of Bloodborne, there is, like, no clearly defined path in that game. They mm. drop you in a Victorian-era city, and it's like, you know, with Assassin's Creed... I mean, it's not like Assassin's Creed, but, you know, you can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's it You don't... It's not like in Dark Souls 1, where it was very clear of, this is a path I can walk on. This is a path I cannot. If I walk on this path, I will fall to my death. If I walk on this path, then I know that it's... I'm not going to die, because it's flat. And this one feels a little bit more fluid. Um, it feels like an actual borderline lived-in city. So there's a lot more interconnectedness. So it looks that's cool. Um, and there also seems to be a lot more areas that I have yet to see from either quick look from either the quick look on Giant Bomb or from what my friend played. So there's hmm. still mysteries to be solved. So many mysteries. So many mysteries. I yeah. yeah. Oh, what was you gonna say? I was going to say, I looked at the uh, the digital foundry analysis of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, it seemed like, well, they when they run it in single player, it seems to run fine. But then when multiplayer, the frame rate <laughs> really drops real quick. Yeah. I Yeah, from what I saw of him playing it, they didn't actually have any, like, they had, in Dark Souls, there are these spirits where you can see where people have died and then see, like, the motions they were making before they died. Yeah. So they had that, but... At no point was he ever invaded by anyone. Like, there was no, like, yeah. forced multiplayer. I don't know what's From up. From what I've heard, it seems like a lot of the multiplayer is kind of iffy right now because the servers are getting hit pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I figured. So, I guess my goal now is at some point, probably by the end of this week, I'll buy that game because I'm kind of getting antsy now because little bits and pieces of that game and information about it are slipping through my, like, Uh-oh. my wall that I've put up. Uh-oh. Yeah, cuz going over and watching him play it just a little bit has already been like it's not it's not been so bad as to leave me feeling like, "Oh, I shouldn't have been here for that." But it's still like, well, this is still kind of soiling my experience cuz now I'll have an idea of what to do 
at this exactly. point in the game, and I don't necessarily want that. So I'm I'm trying to put up a firewall. I've like I don't go on any message boards talking about Bloodborne. I'm not like super like ew spoilers. You said a boss <laughs> name. Oh no. I'm not yeah. I'm not that shitty about it, but I guess I'm trying to do what I can, and I guess the best way to play is to just join everybody while they're playing it instead of holding off because I I need to play that game. Definitely. So Seem, it's, it's, it seems like your thing, your kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess one thing I was hesitant about is after like platinuming all the Souls games within a matter of like a month, I mm-hmm. was getting kind of burnt out. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't know if I can go back to this. I don't know if I can do this anymore. <laughs> and from what I saw him playing it, they've changed they've changed the mechanics enough that it actually you kind of feel like a badass playing it. Like they don't you don't block anymore. You're much more nimble. So just watching enemy monsters swipe at you and your dodge is just you kind of like just kind of like swooshing like on your legs, like just yeah, whoosh, whoosh. yeah. So. It looks kind of like uh, the Dodge in Soul Calibur Five. Right. Yeah. I mean that it, it it's it seems it looks a lot more fast paced actiony, like something I would expect from like Devil May Cry. They're not quite Devil May Cry. Mm-hmm. So obviously a very different game, but you know it looks fun. It just looks fun. So <laughs> looks like a lot of fun. Looks like a lot of fun. I would like to have have some fun with that. That'd be a fun. I'd time. like some Bloodborne. I'd like some Bloodborne. Fucking blood everywhere. <laughs> so, that's it for uh, the round table. Um, yeah. I guess what we can do is I see what you have here. Do we want to do this? I want to hear it. It's up to do you I, if you want to put it on I the want... podcast or not. <sighs> we don't. Now, here's the thing. If we are going to do this on the podcast, after I think it would be best after news. Okay. okay. Yeah, because it's kind of it's more personal. It's it's a silly thing. I it's 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 definitely a joke more than anything. So yeah, we'll 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 do it. All right, we'll, we'll do save it. that for the end then. Alrighty then. So I guess let's move on to news. News, which there wasn't very much of. That wasn't news. Yay! And what was news is just like uh. It's it's like continuation of past news. There's some yeah actually yeah the, this is like news the sequel. Yeah. You want to do Zelda news first? Yeah, we got two bits of Zelda news first. Yep. Um, as no surprise to anybody, the Zelda... There will not be... There are. There's no Zelda this year. Not No Zelda in any form. Yep. Zelda U was slated to come out this year, and of course they postponed that. They delayed it, as yeah. is tradition. This is nothing new. <laughs> it's nothing to get worked up about. They delayed Twilight Princess for two years. Such that they had to put it on two consoles. Yep. My brother, I remember my brother pre-ordering <laughs> Twilight Princess for mm-hmm. its original April release, and then it got Me delayed too. for like a fucking year or something after that. Like it was so. It got funny. delayed for a year. It got delayed for a year, and then another year after that. Yeah. So he was holding <laughs> on to that fucking pre-order for so long. It was so <laughs> yeah. funny when it finally came in. My God. Yeah. That 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 uh that takes me back. We, he, yeah, he pre-ordered the GameCube version, and by the time it came out, we had all, we had already gotten a Wii in our house. Yeah. I think so. Totally. Oh, that was oh, stupid. Man. That was stupid. So. 
Zelda U is coming out in 2016, and then it's going to get delayed again, and then the next Nintendo console will already be out. That's what I'm hoping for. Why would you hope for that, Peter? Honestly, um, I kind of, I, bleh, I want them to just move on to the next console. Not that I don't like the Wii U, but just it's been like several years, and they have not proven that the Wii U is a worthwhile experience yet. I think the thing is they've released some good games for it, but yeah, the Wii U itself yeah. is not the reason Ex- because of it. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. Like the, the Wii U has good games, but it does not have good Wii U games. Like All the games that are good on the Wii U could be on any console. Mm-hmm. There's nothing unique about really any of them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I guess another bit of Zelda news is Iwata says that Zelda that Zelda for Netflix uh series yeah. says it was inaccurate which is a very well crafted statement that basically means nothing basically I'm like I at first I was like okay it's inaccurate that means it's not happening no he just said it's inaccurate he never said this isn't happening he just said this is not from a an accurate source like okay sure yeah sure. it was uh does not seem that such a thing exists. Um, again, though, it would leave the door open for other things. I don't know. I. It's weird. Yeah, if Nintendo were to do something like that, they would have to be. They would probably partner with a Japanese company before Netflix. Honestly, I don't know. I don't fucking know. It seems like yeah. Like, is Netflix popular in Japan? I I have no I idea. I have no idea. Like. Well, Netflix honestly isn't nearly as popular anywhere else in the world but the United States because of there's there's all those licensing issues. That's like true. even Canada gets fucked. Like Yeah. I mean they're they're <laughs> Canada is probably the next best country outside of the United States with Netflix though. That's the thing is Nintendo is always really iffy about how they handle their IP cuz you know on one hand they'll be like, "Well, we don't want our IP fighting each other in this fighting game." It it degrades the brand, and then the next they're yeah. partnering with Philips to make a fucking CDI. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not literally in that order, but yeah, they're like really like inconsistent about what they mm-hmm. will and won't let happen to their IP. So you know, honestly, the possibility is there, but I don't see it. Um, yeah. So, uh, I guess we can move on now into a. Uh, streaming news yes we got themes kind of going on so uh first foremost the most minor well minor it's actually pretty bad of the two but yeah the least uh the least exciting exciting yes that's a good way of putting it is twitch has been breached yeah um they say that their passwords may have been compromised they're forcing everyone to enter a new password now upon login. Yeah. Uh, so do that now. I, I had to do that. Yep. You also have to relink with whatever other service is using your Twitch profile. Yeah. <coughs> this kind of sucks because the password I use for Twitch is a password I've used in other places. So I had to change passwords for a lot of things. Oh, well, great. So, but they're changed now. So don't even try to hack me, you hackers. Yeah. Don't even try. <laughs> So that was Twitch, and then uh, probably more interesting news to people who would be listening is YouTube is launching a live streaming service 
aimed exclusively at games and esports. I don't know. I hope they can do it. I think they're completely like, capable like, of it. Like, I want them to make it... Like, Twitch, you know, it's pretty open, but even still, there's a barrier to entry in that, like, there's no, like, official Twitch client or anything like that. There's no, like, oh, this is the thing you use to stream on Twitch. If Google came out as like, this is it. You install this, and it just works. That would be pretty remarkable. I mean, I think what makes Twitch good, though, like, something that they've done is they've just kind of let themselves be open so that you can use your streaming software of choice, I think is important. It is pretty archaic when you have to enter in a key to get that working, Mm -hmm. but I I think it is, at least for someone who is streaming, you're probably already an enthusiast enough to know how to do it because you have to know about shit like bandwidth, but, you know, it's... It's whatever. Um, but yeah, they're doing it and they're aiming at gaming and esports. And it'll be interesting to see how they handle copyright infringement. Oh, it's going to be the same the same old uh, bullshit. Yeah. I mean, because Twitch just doesn't. Twitch gives a shit, but they don't give a shit, you know? Not as. Like, the most. Like, I remember when they added some copyright stuff recently, and even that was, like, the most minor of. I, yeah, yeah, I think the worst is they just cut out, like, trademarked or copyrighted music. Exactly. Like, that's the only thing they really do. And it's and it's not egregious like the YouTube stuff has been in the past. Yeah, YouTube plays it a lot more cautiously because, you know, even we got flagged on our account for posting yeah. videos. So We got flagged on our account posting a video about uh, The Last Airbender, which is like who like who cares about The Last Airbender video game from 10 years ago? Like, come on. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And so it'll be interesting to see, like, how YouTube handles that because they're, <clears throat> again, they're playing it a lot more cautiously. I wonder if one way to work around that would be to not have you able to save your video or to archive it. Yeah. Because I've... Though I- I don't see that happening because, I mean, I feel like it would just link right into YouTube. Yeah, I, I have no idea. So, there's that. That's what YouTube is doing. Um, I guess we got these two newses that you put here, so you probably have more to say about them than I do. Yes. <clears throat> okay, so, they're basically... A uh, there's been a source from NeoGAF. Um, there is an Activision event going on in April. I don't know the specific time in April, but somebody leaked out the itinerary for it, and it said that there that's where they're going to be showing the new Guitar Hero game. Uh, that this has since been removed from the internet, but I mean, come on, we know that in April they're going to announce the new Guitar Hero game. Hmm. I don't know what to think about this new Guitar Hero game. I I hope for the best, and I expect the worst. I really do expect the worst also. <sighs> but yeah, April, new Guitar Hero. Get hyped. But don't, don't be Don't have your expectations too high, because I'm... I don't know. Fanboyism I, is bleeding into this podcast. It's not even the fanboy... <laughs> I got so burned with that series... Yeah. Like, at, at every step of the way, they burned the people that bought it. Oh, the DLC isn't compatible. Oh, you bought all these instruments? Well, we're canceling the game. Oh, like, they did so much bullshit. Well, where, on the other hand, Harmonix at every step was like, we want to 
you know, take care of our customers. So allegedly, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> and then a whole bunch a whole. Okay. Even beyond what I've posted here in this news segment, more shit has been going on with Kojima and Konami. Oh, let's hear the latest Kojima and Konami drama. This isn't even the latest. Like, I posted this early in the week. Even more has happened since then. Just more statements like, blah, blah, blah. Like, Kojima is totally working on Metal Gear Solid Five, which I have to say, like, the game's got to be done by now. Like, he's done. Like, and now they're, now they're saying that he has a contract through the end of the year. Um, his name has been erased from everything. Like, his name is not on the game anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, Kojima Studios doesn't even exist anymore. They don't. Their Twitter account got deleted. Are you for real? Yeah, their website doesn't exist. It reroutes to Konami's website. That's... Hmm. They, like, every, they basically erased Kojima from Konami. Like, he does not exist at Konami. Like, his name is not on anything anymore. Like, you know how every Metal Gear game is like, Kojima presents. Mm-hmm. Like, no. It doesn't say that anymore. It says Konami presents. I just... So, like, I'll always love Metal Gear, but this is just, like, with just everything that's weird that has gone on with Metal Gear so far, and now to yeah. see just, like, Kojima's intent on leaving, like, this just feels like this is going to be, like, this is going to be, like, you know, any IP that was released out into the wild, like Crash Bandicoot or mm-hmm. Spyro or even when Dark Souls had a different director in Dark Souls 2 like you're just it's going to be a very similar game but you're just it's just not going to feel right oh totally like everything that I've been uh, reading says that Konami like Konami has um, has has job postings on their website saying hey we're looking for people to work on the next Metal Gear game god damn it <laughs> so, yeah we need a new so, creative director yeah so what I get from that is they're probably going to start releasing these more frequently, like probably every other year or something like that, rather than five years like uh, Kojima's done in I the past. I would hope not. I would hope that they would be sane enough to realize that these need to be memorable releases, but... I mean, maybe. I don't know. Just gonna be they an... did it with Castlevania. Uh, yeah. Hmm. They got rid of that guy and then started like annualizing it. You're making it. me depressed, Peter. <laughs> I mean, I guess the difference, though, well, nah, you're right, Castlevania, Lord of Shadows, and all that bullshit. Yeah. I don't know. I I just, ah, I've never are been so excited, disappointed. Are you exce- excited to play the next Metal Gear game on your phone? I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not opposed to, like, different Metal Gears. Like, they've certainly gotten weird with some of those games in mm-hmm. their releases. Like, they had Acid for the PSP, they had... Peace Walker. Um, I'm not opposed to trying shit like that, but mm-hmm. I don't know. The, a main installment of the franchise, I think, needs to be worth something. And totally. even if they were to like keep it to five years, like even if they still spread them out nicely, there's always going to be an atmospheric difference. You can just feel the winds changing because Kojima's yeah. not there. There's just going to be certain nuances that will be lost now. And you won't have the weird shit that Kojima always puts in his games. Right. Yeah. Someone might play it more straight than he did. Um, mm. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm, it's kind of a, it's bumming me out for MGS5 because we've seen a lot of that game. So we kind of know like where it's at. 
it's really fucking scary mm. though for P- Silent Hills. Oh yeah, like like MGS Five is gonna be fine. Like that game is done at this point. Mm-hmm. I I mean I don't think honestly at this point I don't think that I mean Kojima is not gonna be working on Silent Hills anymore. Right. So I don't know what that means for that, that game. That is like see okay like I've never been more like it's really hard for me to articulate this feeling because I don't get this feeling very often. But I'm legitimately super disappointed, like insanely disappointed by that, just because hmm. Silent Hill has fucking been trash for the longest time. Yeah. I don't know how it still exists, but it has, and they kept chugging out shit, and they don't annualize it. You know, they spread it out like two, three years, mm-hmm. and this was it. This this was the game where it's like it's all <laughs> going to be different. Like, and we don't mean this bullshit like Sonic the Hedgehog nonsense, where it's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. no, this might this one might be good. This might this might be better. No, this was like no, definitively, this cannot be bad. This has to be good. It's Kojima and Del Toro. And you mm-hmm. we all saw PT. That was fucking amazing. Yes. Like, there's no way in hell that that would have come out mediocre. No way. Not possible. You guaranteed Silent Hill to be good again. And now, fuck. Just fuck. <laughs> just fuck. Oh, God. Uh... Oh, I just... It's hard. Oh, it's really hard. Like, yeah, I'm, uh, and I and I don't even care about Silent Hill, and it's kind of depressing me. That yeah, like re- Silent Hill is returning back to Silent Hill. They almost got out this time, but yeah. alas, they're stuck for a couple more years in this hell that they have created for themselves. And also, I guess the lesson in all of this is don't fucking give one man all that power, Kojima. Kojima, <laughs> yeah. Kojima's a great director, but when you start making game studios based around him, like imagine yeah. if Kevin, like if was it Kevin Levine, Ken Levine, Ken, Ken, Ken Levine, Levine. I'm sorry, I fucking had a brain fart for a second. No, it's cool. It's Ken cool. Levine. It's cool. If imagine if he had been, I mean, he was the face of Bioshock, but you know, he was just he was just the director. You know, you can get yeah. a new director. Kojima Studios. Like, that's a little bit... That's more difficult to rectify. That'd be like if Nintendo was called Miyamoto Studios. Yeah, once Miyamoto is gone, it's all over. The dream is dead. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. It's, you know, I mean, I know this had to be all of Kojima's opinion. Like, Konami, I don't think, would be so dumb as to, like, make ill will towards him. He's just going off to do his own thing. Yeah. Free of Konami's bullshit. So respect to him, mm-hmm. but also just fuck you, Konami. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why I feel like saying that, but just kind of fuck you guys because <laughs> I don't know what you did to that man. I don't know what you made him make the same game over and over again for twenty years. Right. Like yeah, I mean I don't. Again, I don't know the whole story, so I don't want to be like, oh, it was Konami's fault because Kojima could just be a little shit about this. But could be. I, at the end of the day, <laughs> you. The guy who makes you money, you you pay him and you let him do what he wants. You have yeah. to let him free at some point. Not like let him go from the company, but you just have to let him do his own thing. And if he's that upset or unwilling to cooperate with you, you might be the ones with the problem. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So. Huh. No, that was my rant. Oh, God boy. damn it. God damn it. <laughs> so 
I, Are we going to do uh, this? Well, one more. One more bit of news. Oh, one more. Oh, shit. One okay. more bit of news. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Minecraft is now free for the secondary schools in the orange part of Ireland. A what does that mean? North Ireland. Okay. Northern Ireland. The uh, Protestant side of Ireland. The Ireland that is not that is in our hearts part of Ireland, but not actually part of Ireland. Ireland. <laughs> it doesn't even seem like okay. a real word anymore. <laughs> Ireland. Ireland. Yeah, so apparently through, um, uh, it looks like some minds came together and have just allowed Minecraft to be available to kids in secondary school. Um, they're kind of, I guess... They're kind of utilizing it as sort of a learning tool. You know how everyone has talked about how Minecraft is, like, great for creative brains and young minds and shit. Yeah. And it's just kind of like there's this culture tech uh, innovation festival that has basically allowed the distribution of this to children in Northern Ireland. And I wish I was in Northern Ireland so I wouldn't have to pay the $27 <laughs> to buy this junk-ass game. Yeah, yeah here we are. I, I I regret buying that game. Yeah, I I mm. I don't I don't like Minecraft. I I don't like. Minecraft. I think if I was like, forced myself to play with people who actually gave a shit, I would enjoy it more. But those people just don't exist around me, and the ones who do are weird and smelly. That's the thing. See, I was gonna say like. There's plenty of people around here that love Minecraft, but I don't want to be around those people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a really harsh way of putting it. But yeah. 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 I don't know. No, people who play Minecraft are fine. I don't mind it. It's just, it's not my first and last game. I guess that's the biggest issue is if you want to have an enjoyable experience, you kind of have to commit to it a little bit. And I'm too scatterbrained to commit to long play sessions of Minecraft. I'll pop in for like an hour or two every week, but I could never be asked to be like, hey, you want to play Minecraft for 12 hours? No. Mm -hmm. I need to eat and live. I need, to, <laughs> I, need, I need to go talk to these girls over here. Um, yep. Welcome to the Dick Cast. I'm your host, Joe Boda. <laughs> With me today is our smartass Peter Samin. My brain's in my ass. It's a smartass. <laughs> so otherwise uh that rounds out our news yes and to top it all off yes peter has yes. a rant yes about a particular podcast of which he I is a fan yeah so podcast beyond it's uh it's come under new new podcast hosts which honestly i i'm kind of happy that it changed Mainly because, I don't know, Podcast Beyond was such a known quantity and now it's kind of getting changed up. Now there's new things out there. I, it, I mean, it sucks that things when ch things change, but it also like, brings opportunities for new things. But yeah, the new Podcast Beyond uh, is uh, it's hosted by Max Scoville uh, and has Brian Altano and a few other folks on there. And they had an interesting discussion on last week's episode that really rubbed me a little bit wrong. Yeah, for those of you who but don't like, know. But I can't take it too serious. I can't take it too seriously because these are comedians. I mean, they're comedians. <sighs> yeah, a little bit of backstory for those who might not know. Podcast Beyond was traditionally the PlayStation podcast for IGN. Host well, it still is. Well, I mean, yeah, 
I say that because, let's be frank here, <laughs> the, there's a level of knowledge difference between... That's the thing. These guys don't know as much about PlayStation. Yeah, so before it was hosted by two, uh, well, two guys and then... Gre- uh, Greg Miller. Greg Miller and then Colin Moriarty. Colin Moriarty. Colin Moriarty. And, uh, yeah, they hosted it and they were super passionate about what they did. And mm-hmm. recently they've broken off from IGN and have gone on to do their own thing in kind of funny games. That's the actual name yep. of their shit. And I wish them luck. Honestly, I, I've i watched some of their stuff and I it's not for me, but I hope that they have success in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So they've gone off and done their own brand. And so because of that, they've taken uh, new people. Uh, Max Scoville, who is a new hire, but we know him from other things within the game we industry. Know we know of him. And <laughs> then Brian on all. Brian Altano. <laughs> Brian Altano. Altano. Brian Altano, who was an existing uh, person in IGN staff, who they've now yes. put on this. So now the podcast has changed. New hosts. It's just it's weird now because before the the podcast used to be like, yeah, these are PlayStation dudes. Now, like none of the guys hosting the, the podcast are actually like big PlayStation dudes. Like Brian's a big Nintendo guy. Max, I don't know what the fuck Max is into, just weird shit. Um, and then all the other co-hosts are like either Xbox or or Nintendo editors. So it's it's in a weird place. And this brings me to my rant. Nerd my- rage. It's it's a silly thing. Don't take this too seriously, but I love I love you Brian Altano. You're you're a great man. But you're a fucking moron. But you're a fucking moron. No. Um so Brian Altano, they okay. They were having a discussion about like games. They were talking about the mascot p- platformers of the era and saying like, "Oh well, a lot of those just didn't age well." And they went to Sonic, which is like the obvious thing to pick. Like you know, just the new like old Sonic. Like some of those were good, but now new Sonic just do- doesn't make any sense. Like blah blah blah. They were talking about. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, Sonic. Yeah, that's an, that's a that's an easy one to pick on. Then Brian Altano is just like. No, what about Crash Bandicoot? Oh, I'm yes. like, okay, so, well, I was thinking, okay, sure, the, the Crash Bandicoot went to shit after Naughty Dog left. No, he started picking on the original series of Crash Bandicoot. I was like, okay, well, let's see, he'll, let's bring up the things that were wrong with the, like, well, the thing is, he only brought Crash Bandicoot 1, which, first of all, that's the weakest Crash Bandicoot made by Naughty Dog. I don't really think you should judge the series based off the first one. That was like their first go. So like, okay, what 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 could he pick? Uh, there are things that you can pick on, like the difficulty. It was bad. Uh, the controls were very loose. They didn't tighten it up until two. Um, uh, the levels are very much about the same. They're all tropical. Um, there's terrible voice acting. Uh, the load times are weird. There's a glitch in this one level that completely breaks the game. Like, there's so many things that you could pick. Guess what he picked, Joe? Guess what he picked? He didn't like the fact that he was playing as a bandicoot. He didn't like that it wasn't like Mario 64. Oh, God. And I'm just like, but it's a different game. It's not an open world platformer. It's a, like, it's a, you know, a tunnel. Like, it's it's just a platformer where you run forward. Like, it's basically a runner from, like, the PlayStation era. It's not supposed to be that. That'd be like me going and saying, I don't know, I don't like Madden. It's not a hockey game. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Is that, that's actually an interesting criticism to make considering the fact how most of the recent installments of Mario have been focused around that traditional linear level design with a timer, you know? Exactly. Like, they haven't released a successor, quote-unquote, to the Galaxy series for the Wii U, 
you know, mm-hmm. it's been what now, like four years. Totally, and actually, yeah, that you bring up a point. The new Mario games are more like Crash Bandicoot <laughs> than Mario exactly. 64. Exactly, they've leaned super hard into the traditional format of all of these platformers. Yeah, so that that's all I wanted to bring up. I love you, Brian, but I completely disagree. Like, I feel like you picked a bad thing to say. That that like I could totally take an argument of like yeah like totally that first game did not age well, but to say like the reason is because it's not Mario sixty four is just like but that's they're completely different genres like mm-hmm. they're not the same thing like. Uh, so. I mean, at least we'll always have spooky news ghost. Spooky news ghost. Well, with so you actually listen. I okay. The reason I know about Spooky News Ghost is because someone <laughs> posted a NeoGAF thread about what people thought, and every yeah. and about like seventy five percent of the people were like, "Fuck Max Scoville and fuck Aww. his Spooky News Ghosts." <laughs> <laughs> it was they were up they were you know they were like they were taking they were people who are not familiar with Max as yeah. much as they were. It was the you know it was the traditional a lot of it's it's the Greg Miller fans, which I would say. For those of you that are fan- fans of the old Beyond, uh, kind of funny has a has a video game podcast now, and it's basically Beyond, but just it's all games instead of just PlayStation. But I think one other thing people kind of expressed, and I actually can kind of get behind the sentiment, is uh, GameSpy de- GameSpy debriefings and how like it was so good. Well, how you know what I mean? <laughs> the Game Spy debriefings was fucking amazing. Well, okay, it was a it was a game podcast, and then it got taken over by these guys, and then it was not a game podcast. That, that's that's the thing, though, is a lot of people like were looking at that and seeing the similarities, and it's like, yeah, let's hope that they can actually like keep this a gaming podcast. You know, like uh, it's fun to have fun. The thing is, there's there's so many gaming podcasts though. If there's one that's fun, like. That's the thing. There's always these eras of like podcasts that are really silly, and I love it. Like, so do you know Three Red Lights? Um, uh, no, I've not heard of that. It it was the Xbox. It was IGN's Xbox 360 podcast in like 2008 and 2009, and it was it was like um like it was like the Game Spy debriefings in the late days and and this now for Podcast Beyond. They would talk about Xbox for like 20 minutes and then two hours of just bullshit. And it was it was my favorite podcast, but all those guys got fired. <laughs> all those I, guys I are no longer <laughs> are no longer at IGN. And then the debriefings got had that you know had that era, and then they all got fired. <laughs> and now IGN has this uh, Beyond has this era, and like it's fu- it's like the thing is, twenty minutes of game talk is probably plenty as far as like just getting the news out. And then I just want to hear about these people's dumb lives and what stupid shit they do. Yeah, I mean, I can get behind it. I guess it all comes down to your pride as a creator and, like, what, how okay you are with, like, what you make being molded yeah. by someone else. You know, like, personally, like, this is never going to happen because we're the only ones who, like, work on this and the only ones who have any vested interest. But if this podcast were, say, handed off to somebody else for whatever reason yeah. and we were totally removed and I went back and listened to a bunch of awkward nerds talk a couple minutes about games and then talk about their sad nerdy lives because well, mm-hmm. that's the thing is at least max and brian are entertaining oh yeah they're, they're hilarious. imagine if our podcast were taken over by people who not only no longer talk <laughs> about video games but were not entertaining i mm. would come back in and be like no you can't have this anymore i'm fucking 95 years old and i'm going to finish this up 
we're going hmm. until I'm dead. <laughs> the thing is, and maybe it's just because I'm more experienced with this podcast stuff than a lot of people are, but this happens all the time. Like, especially with podcasts that are owned by a corporation, like the GameSpot podcast, or not GameSpot, yeah, GameSpot. God damn it, I almost, I almost said GameStop. But the GameSpot podcast changed so many times as different people shuffled in and out and got fired or they hired new people. And there were eras where I loved it and there were eras where I hated it. But it was the same name. It was just because it's owned by a corporation. And that's the risk you take by pick, by listening to a podcast that's owned by a giant entity versus one that's a small one. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, th- I think they would just need to do a better job of rebranding at that point. Like if you have new people yeah. who want to be in on a project, I think you need have two choices. Either have them stick to the original format or if they want to like do their own thing then don't call it like podcast beyond anymore. It's yeah. associated with PlayStation news and topics. Yeah. If you're not going to like stick with that, then go ahead and make a new one. And I, I if your company doesn't like that, well then there's something mm. wrong here. It's just hard because um, beyond is so popular and making a new name would be difficult because literally when I think about a video game podcasts and which ones are popular, it's like it's giant bomb. It's beyond like those are like the two big ones, right? Like I can't think of ones that are like more popular than that. Mm-hmm. Like those are the two most popular gaming podcasts that I can think of. Um, giant bomb being like the, the, the Titan in the room. Yeah. Consistently up there. So yeah. Podcasts are weird. Yeah. They're, they're interesting <laughs> though. They're fun. They can be fun. They're, they are lots, they are of, lots fun. of fun bundles of fun. Um, and with that, I guess that's the show. Yes. It's always a relief to say that it means that <laughs> it's all like downhill from here. Just mellow. Let's take you out, man. Um, you've been listening to another episode of shit gamers say, fuck. I just realized something, Peter. I what? didn't start off the show with the week. Redo oh, no. it. Start up again. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> All right, now you. Okay, I was you, t- you. I thought you were gonna say I didn't record. <laughs> I didn't hit record. We gotta do this all over again. I was gonna be like, fuck. fuck. No, no, that would oh, it'd be so bad. I would, I would commit seppuku, seppuku, sudoku. <laughs> seconds. Um, you've been listening to another episode of Shit Gamer Say. Uh, you can find me and Peter on PSN. I'm gonna post our gamer tags in the description of this podcast. They're not gamer tags, they're PSN IDs. That doesn't matter. You can also find us on Steam under those same tags. You can find Peter on Xbox Live. You can also find us on social media. You can search our full names on Twitter or Facebook or search our handles, again, posted in the description. Yeah. Come visit our website, zucchinithumbs.com. Send us emails. Send us emails at zucchinithumbs at gmail.com. We had an email cast recently, and I've been told that there are other emails that need to be sent to us. So, send emails, yes. please. You can also find other podcasts like this one. Just go to osu.edu. Wait a minute. No, it's go.osu.edu forward slash podcasting. That's where we have the Ohio State Podcasting Network, and you can find other podcasts like this one. Recently talked to Kyle. He seems like he's interested in starting his own podcast. Oh. So it'll be interesting to see what he gets done. Uh, he's also hoping to be on uh, Stranger Talk with Brandon, the podcast pr- 
the podcast club president. He's no stranger to He's me. He's no stranger to any of us. Wait, Brandon? Oh yeah, wait, Kyle. No one is a stranger. Yeah. We're all friends. We all we all talk. <laughs> we say things about you, the listener, behind your back. <laughs> so, with that in mind, you've been listening to another episode of Shit Gamers Say. Goodbye. Bye.